The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome to Afternoons with Mike here on The Shepherd. It is with great joy that I present to you Dennis Parker as my guest today. Dennis is a Grammy Award winner along with Ricky Skaggs and the Kentucky Thunder uh, for the album Bluegrass Rules. Dennis is a multi-instrumentalist. I mean, this guy can play guitar like you can't believe. I've heard him, and I love it. He also plays fiddle, mandolin, and banjo. He's an award winner at those instruments at well at a state level. It is my joy to welcome this guy who is once again part of Ricky Skaggs' group, Kentucky Thunder, Dennis Parker. Welcome to the program. Hey, Mike. It's it's very uh, good to be asked. Thank you for... uh allow me to come and uh, share a little bit with you. Oh, I'm loving it, man. Uh, My wife and I, uh, and I mentioned this to you before we began this program, my wife and I really uh, just sat and and was spellbound listening to your testimony that you gave on the program that Dave Zanotti puts out every year called Christmas in America. This year was 1928, and you were part Mm -hmm. of an, an amazing band that they always have there, and you were featured and gave your testimony, which we'll get to a little bit later on. But, uh, man, we felt an instant connection to you. It was just like, well, I've known this guy all my life, right? I mean, that's what it felt oh, like. Man. You wow. have you have the ability to do that, and that is the God's grace working in your life. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, how you got to be so proficient on so many instruments. How did all of that happen? Well, you know, I, I had a father that really, really loved music. Uh, well, I'll say he liked one type of music. He loved bluegrass music. Uh, that yeah. was about it. I, I was, uh, I felt like every, well, every morning I woke up to the live at Carnegie Hall Flat and Scruggs album. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, in fact, I, I tell people and, uh, you know, my, my dad has passed away since, since, so he can't hear what I'm fixing to say, but uh, I, every time I I see that album out anywhere, I I have the you know I have the tendency to want to buy it and burn it. Uh, it it's it's one of those things that it, you know too much of of one thing is just was just too much. But <laughs> but I, I'm really I'm really grateful for a dad that loves music and really bluegrass music was a form of music. It's kind of living room oriented, a lot of jam sessions, a lot of a lot of camaraderie. He took me to a lot of bluegrass festivals and a lot of bluegrass contests when I was growing up. I was always surrounded by really great players, and and uh, that that's how I kind of got started. But my dad was a a wannabe banjo player. He was a horrible banjo player, but he <laughs> wanted to he wanted to play something fierce. And uh, for some reason or another, um, my mother was very oh, man. She just she was just a good. Um, foreseeing lovely woman that saw that I had an interest in it when my dad wasn't around and my dad when she they would have this pillow talks about you know like man I think I think he really likes 
I, I think he really, I think he would really like to play an instrument. And uh, I was like maybe five or six. Mm-hmm. And my dad bought me a cheap banjo and to just, you know, just kind of carry around. And, uh, and my mother realized that I didn't want anything to do with that thing. And that she would just wait till my dad would go to work and, and she would sit me on the couch and she would like, you know, get some pillows and, and prop that, that heavy banjo up against me. And she said that uh, she would hear me pick out melodies that she she could, you know, she she heard. Uh, and she would, and it just through a series of things uh, happened. Uh, my, you know, my dad's banjo got stolen. He bought another one. He found his old banjo. So the new one uh, gave to me. So I, mm. I had this really decent, good banjo. I got hooked up with his banjo teacher. Uh, I absorbed everything that the guy threw at me, and uh, I just kind of grafted from one instrument to another. It's just like the live at Carnegie Hall. I got bored with one thing, and I just wanted to move on to something else. I would say that I'm not, you know, a master of anything, but, you know, I, I, I play a little bit of this and that, you know. I'm a, you know, I'm, I, I would, I would, I, it's always wonderful to hear people tell you, you know, what a great musician you are, but man, I have to live with me. And I, I know that's <laughs> not completely true. Well, you know, I'm really surrounded by great players. I, God has really gifted me in an aware, in a way that just music made sense to me, it, you know, uh, and being able to uh, be a little bit proficient in, in different instruments was just something that I can't comprehend it just made sense to me. I um, get it. So we're all gifted in different areas, you know? That's right. You know, I had a friend who was also a radio guy, but a musician as well. And, uh, and we were both guitar players. And he said something to me. He said, you know, you've got to always realize there's always somebody better. You just oh, need to enjoy goodness. the music. You need to be able to express yourself and give away the gift that God's given you. In whatever form or whatever format that you can find it, but just don't ever let it get to where it owns you, and you be, you kind of get a bloated, over expanded view of oneself. And I thought that was great advice. Would you agree? I, I absolutely. And I, I'll tell you another thing. I, I've I've as a musician for the last you know uh, you know almost fifty years. Uh, I've always wanted to, or, you know, pride is a, is a thing to really deal with, especially if you're, if you have any kind of gift like this, you know, dealing with your own pride and, and becoming humble and realizing that other people are more efficient and more better, or, or, you know, or better than, you know, or have different skill levels and stuff. And, you know, it's, 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 it's great to want to learn. And, but at the same time, Man, we have different gifts in different areas. It's like the church, you know. Everybody's gifted in different areas to work together, uh, and that—that's the way I feel like music is. Uh, and and for for somebody to get so high and mighty about thinking they have it, you know, that they're, they're the bee's knees <laughs> is really—they're doing the dis, this disservice to themselves. Uh, and I, I I found just even recently the things that I have felt like I could do. When I get in a room with people that can do it and do it well, and they are gifted at it, and they're able to lead others into it, I realize that that's not my gift. And mm. I've been for years wanting to be that guy. And then 
trying to insert myself as that guy and I make a mess of it, it's because it's not my gift. And I have to be satisfied with the gifts that God has given me and use them in humility. I love and, it. And and lay that pride aside, man, and, and work with others and, and, and praise others for and encourage others in their gifts, you know, and push them along. I, that, there's there's a real there's a real need for for Bible within music. You know, people yeah. need the truth of knowing how to conduct their lives in their own spirit and their own mentality, and and line it up with with God's principles and stuff. And man, it really is a laying down of self. Oh my goodness! You know, not getting so full of myself that I think that you know I've got it all together. I've got it figured out, man. That God has given me these gifts so I can give back to Him, and it's been a long process as a musician from a from an early age to to get to a level that I've used my gift so selfishly the majority of my life, and thinking that I was all that, and thinking that you know I needed this if I could just get there, if I could just meet that guy, or if they got that guy just heard me for, or somebody. You know, gave me this opportunity. Then next, next thing, you know, I'm I'm on I'm on cloud nine, and I found some many times when I got everything that I wanted, and I sat in a room with it, I realized how empty I was because it was just me, mm-hmm. and that's I, I, miserable. I you know, I, I if I'm not where God wants me to be, then I I'm I'm just going to be discontent. You know, I learned years ago that it is so easy to worship in our lives. We're all worshipers. It's so easy to worship the creation as opposed to the creator. And Absolutely. Boy, yeah. I, I tell you, when you can find that and see that in your life, if that's something you're dealing with, and, you know, uh, Luther was that said, we are all idol factories. We make them. We make idols in our hearts. And music, even worship music, can become kind oh, yeah. of a, an idol to one if they're really more about the music than they are about the source and the object of that music. And, and pride is such an ugly thing to to watch. I mean, it's just I mean to be around, to it, just to be absorbed. And when you're so with you, when you're with people that are so so gifted, but yet also really know it, it it, it can be so. It, man, it, it it's you know how like others other people in their bad habits teach you not to do that. Right. That's what right. I feel like. Uh, I've been surrounded by, you know, through the years by, man, I've just been in scenarios and in bands and stuff where you're just surrounded by ego and pride and competition. And, uh, man, it's it's exhausting. Mm. Uh, Nashville can be exhausting. Trying to get a job, you know, it's like everybody wants your job, you know, so they're just waiting for you to fall so they can step into that position. That That's usually what music is about. Yeah, and uh, and you know it, it's all it's always entertaining to 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 to, to see these see these uh, prideful uh, country music award shows, and then you know these people that get on there. Oh, this is my good buddy, such such, and I'm like, I know that's not true. Oh, you know? my goodness! <laughs> There's so much competition. It's like they're you're too self-absorbed to be to you know to 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 want somebody else to succeed that's usually how it is they're 
there's different scenarios in there where that's not the case. But as a majority, man, we're just selfish people. Wow. That is so true. And I think humility is that missing ingredient that it, regardless of genre of music, it, it doesn't have to just be country or bluegrass, pop, whatever, jazz. It doesn't really matter. It, it's just so important that we have humility in our lives. And I, I think it's impossible and why so we don't see it that much is that the only way to get it is to be surrendered to the Lord. He is the author yeah. of that, and if we don't have him, we don't have that. That's that's the essence of it, is because I, I, I've realized how senseless it, senseless it is to be full of self and to be a promoter of self, uh, it, where it's so much freer, uh, because, I mean, the majority of, of living in pride, you're, the majority of time you're just living in fear. Yeah. And, uh, man, uh, and... I I have experienced a level of laying that aside. I still have pride. You know, I still have – man, I, my thing is like uh, I, I have suffered in – I think everybody suffers from a bit of self-righteousness. You go from yep. – like in my case, I had an alcohol problem. I was addicted to alcohol, but I'm just as, as uh, addicted to wanting to be right mm. as anything, and that that's nothing to be – I mean, it's the same thing. It's just pride. And sometimes it's just layered down there where I don't really even see it. Watch, you know, that's that's why we all need to be together and be accountable to one another. That's that's the the reason why we don't need to, you know, deny the assembling of ourselves together so we can learn each other and, and bear one another's burdens, confess our sins to one another, you know, be part of a body of Christ where you know, people are able to see some things in us that, you know, what are you going through? What do you, well, that sounds like pride to me. Why don't you lay some of that stuff aside? You know, let me pray with you about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm, I, I am, I am more and more lining up with trying to get rid of, of me and my wants and my desires because my wants and my desires and my best decisions uh, ended up landing me in jail. Mm -hmm. or or are homeless those mm. those that was my best days my best decisions of wow. thinking that i had it all together and i had a better answer and uh man i've been proven by my own choices of 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 what that kind of selfishness uh will lead you to you know that, um, you remind me of uh, a quote from one of my favorite authors which is jerry bridges and he said on our best days on our best days we are still shot through with sin, and we have to realize that. And yeah. on on our and then he says, but on our worst days, we are not far at all from God's grace. Yeah, I, I I've I've really reckoned with that scripture. Is just like my, you know, my goodness and my my deeds are filthy rags. Yeah, you know, I've I I, I really I'm humbled by that. Like if I'm not lined up to where God wants me to be in the places that I uh, I need to be, and with the focus on Him and and uh, allowing Him to be a part of that, uh, you know, because man, I think I've done some pretty cool things. You have, you know, and and you know, and I've been a part of of some some cool things. But when I really get down to the brass tacks of it, what I've got is what God has done in my life. That's that's my crowning glory. The rest of it is just garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've been able to get some awards and 
and some trophies and, and some and some little trinkets that let me know of where I've been and some accomplishments and, and people I've played with. But, man, they're basically doorstops. They're nothing, you yeah, know? Yeah. They're just – to me, they're just a guy that was put in the right position at the right time and there's way more talented people that, given that situation, they just have more of them. I just happen to have just a few. Well, I got to hear uh, one of your friends and an amazing instrumentalist of his own right, Jeff Taylor, introduce oh, you. Man. And I know that that had to be in that live audience and it just had to be for you an emotional experience to see and hear Jeff's emotion in his own voice as he described you as a friend and as someone that he loves and respects. That had to just mean a lot to you. Well, Jeff, Jeff is one of those guys that it's it, uh, when I met him, uh, I met him for the first time. And I remember we were doing a show and... Um, Oh, he he came out and played with Ricky a little bit, and that's the first time I ever met him. And it was when I first went out with Ricky, um, and uh, I I remember feeling this instant connection with him. And yeah. I was a new believer, you know. I had just been come to Christ, uh, you know, maybe a year and a half or so before that. So I was uh, I was I was new into reading my Bible. I was new into you know the Christian walk. And I, I had such a jaded past of musicians and even in, in, uh, in the church, within uh, Christian music, I had such a jaded uh, idea of Christians. I, I didn't really want, I just didn't, I didn't have a lot of trust. Mm -hmm. And I really, especially when it comes to music and, uh, you know, when we talk about all the pride and the ego and the competition and stuff and and I, you know, I was I was in Christian music for a while, or in the early '90s, and uh, and I just saw a lot of stuff that I should never have seen. Mm, I agree, um, yeah. And I and I got really jaded towards God. So so I, you know, we we're just we just carry this luggage with us of garbage, yeah. You know, through the yeah. years and our 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 the lies that that just get that built up through the years, and you just. And the and the uh, the lack of grace and the and the lack of like well that you know I, I just had a poor perspective of God right I had more perspective on on the evil of humanity but I'm I'm just as evil you know and I'm just as sinful and I couldn't show grace to people that were just you know in a different place in their life but man I have a real hard time that if you're going to be out in the Christian market. Live the life. That's good. Because there are people, there are people like me that have been damaged through the years mm. by a poor witness. Mm. Man, either, you know, that, that verse, like, be, be either hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, you know, God's going to spit you out of his mouth. And I've seen, I've seen God, I've seen in my own life, I blamed God for the behavior of people. And that's the thing is like, you know, people don't know who God is. God is such a mystery. 
you know, the creator of this universe, a, a God that can speak things into existence. Hey, man, let's I, let's I, hold I, it right there. I've got a break. Let's pick that back up because I want to get back into that and especially the grace of God in your life. Dennis Parker yeah. is my guest. This is fun. We'll be right back with Dennis. This is Afternoons with Mike. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3578. Back here with Dennis Parker on the line. Dennis is an instrumentalist and a singer, a Grammy Award winner. He is part of Kentucky Thunder. That is Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder. And most of us who love music, who love country music or bluegrass music, instantly know the name Ricky Skaggs. He's been around seemingly forever. And Dennis gets to share a stage with him night after night after night. And boy, that's got to be a lot of fun. And when we came to the end of the break, you were talking about with great passion, how that we we don't want to be some of those people that are kind of almost making their own image of God and kind of living out pride in their own lives and letting that be the, a faux God. And you want the real deal. And that's what I loved about you. And man, that's what shines through when you share about the Lord. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen in my own life how I've humanized God and how I've, you know, uh, I've, I've come up with concepts in my own, own mind that seemingly make sense to me. But you know, I, that's why I feel the value of, of God's Word uh, is like, man, my ways really, they make sense to me, and they may make sense to humanity, but God's ways are way deeper and way higher. And uh, I, I'm like, man, I, I've i had so many different, like almost comical uh, instances of like my own making up of God and and what you think of God says a lot about, mm-hmm. you know, how you're going to serve him. It's like, are you going to create a God that's your buddy? You know, I, I, I have a God that created the universe and then I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm in awe of, but I'm also like, I, I, I can't figure him out. That's you know? right. I, and I've, I've seen <laughs> people right. have gotten so cutesy about like, you know this and that. We know about the attributes of God. Yep. Uh, I think those are very good. And, and we've seen the display of God in, in, in Jesus' life. But, man, I don't understand that kind of power. And when I really—I mean, when you, when you get into the Gospels and you start—you you see the all, awesome power of God and, and, and God's presence in, in, like, even showing up, like— the proper response is, man, I'm undone. Yeah, I don't, I don't it. understand yeah. it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of it. I'm in fear of it. You know, I've, I've had so many. There's this like this buddy system now that's gotten. It's, it's really taken the holiness of God away. I mean, God is holy, and mm. God is to be feared. And, and, and I think that that particular truth is is lost on a generation. We're just like being cutesy with the gospel and 
oh man, you're okay, and everybody's okay, and this is okay. It's like, man, man, God has some standards and stuff, and I'm not, I'm not in any way trying to put works in this, but it's the awesome beauty of God displayed His love for us on that cross. That's right, and His resurrection and power. But it is to be in awe of, and 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 not to be looked at. Cutesy. I mean, I need to know what I believe, and I need to be wrestled in the truth of God, and and then be okay with not knowing some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a that's a real hard thing for a lot of people to do. And I, I man, I I live in Huntsville, Alabama, and I'm surrounded by engineers, and you know, and I've got some engineer friends that, that drive me crazy because they have to know everything. They got they got to figure everything out, and they got to have an answer for everything. And there's just some things that we're just going to have to take in faith. Yeah, that's right. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, uh, I don't know, man. I, I've seen I've seen the gospel handled so recklessly, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I've seen seen a lot of things be created and a lot of voices being spoken that they said, you know, God said this, but did he really, or did you say it, or did you make that up in your mind? You know, what does the Word of God say about it? Yeah. You know, is that is that truth uh, evident in the Scriptures? Uh, is that, or, or are you just, like, coming up with some kind of cutesy thing to make yourself seem like, you know, you've got it and nobody else does? And you know I, that, I, I, I hate that too, and that is just exactly what's happening right now with history revisionists kind of almost telling us now the way things happened when they didn't happen that way. It is so, it's so difficult to know the truth. And if we don't know the truth, then we will not be free, but it is only in the Lord that we can know that and see that and read about it. That's why the word of God is so important. We need to go back to it and weigh everything that's being said up against the word. That's our measuring stick. Well, and I tell you, the, the the more I grow in Christ, the more I just love the simplicity of the gospel. And at the same time, it, it wasn't—it it was because of, of my involvement with AA. When I first got sober, uh, I, I was I was getting sober via and having this spiritual awakening via uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. I just—I got involved—I mean, I just got— I got placed there, you know, and I found a, a a body of people that I related with, and we we suffered with the same thing. And yeah. then you, I've got these twelve steps in the in the in the in the big book of of AA that just let me know who I really am and and what I have the 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 tendency to go back to, and that God wants to do this miracle in my life and shape me into this new creature is basically what the whole program of AA is. And so I, I, I've i just found more the roots of the truth there, but it was simple. Right. I mean, it was just simple. And when I try to get cutesy with it, and when I try to get complex with it, and when I start trying to talk about things that I don't know about, and, and, and you know, that dabble in conspiracy or whatever, you know, the, the truth is enough. You know, the gospel is enough. Jesus is enough. That's it. You know, Jesus is better than everything. That's right. You know, that it, it's, it's rooted there. And, and I, ha- I always want to, like, dabble in, and I'm not, not anything against prophecy or, 
or you know the the prophetic and what's to come i think I think there's a great blessing in you know getting rooting yourself in 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 knowing about you know the end times and and that's that those elements are there to to research and that, but it's the gospel it's like man, I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to have to give an account, and what's my account? I'm a sinner, I'm deserving of death, but Jesus made a sacrifice the only the only answer that I have to be able to allow me to enter into his presence and not be consumed and not 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 serve an eternity in hell is that Jesus paid a price for me. I believe it with all my heart yes. and I accepted it and 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 that's that's my assurance that's my hope that's everything and I don't get cutesy with it, but that's just real and that's pretty blasted simple mm-hmm. I love it when we when we can take the simplicity, uh, the analogy of faith as it is in theology. When things are simple, God made it to be. Even though you're right, Dennis, we'll never understand the complexities of God. In fact, the Bible talks about that throughout eternity, His glory will continue to be unfolded before all of us in eternity. We're n- we're not yeah. going to see the extent of it on day one. <laughs> not hard. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so the what grace is, of what, God really got a hold of you. What is it that that verse that says the secret things belong to God? Yeah. You know, it's it's okay to let him let him have he's he's the God of the universe. Let him be the God of the universe. Believe and 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 focus on him and know that he is for you, you know? Yeah. And if he's for me, there's nobody can be against me even though I, but I can sure I can sure Prove that I've been against myself. Oh yeah, you know? I've been now, my worst enemy. Now you mentioned having this difficulty in your life with alcohol and how that it just really wrecked you. And in your testimony on Christmas in America, you shared how that it actually cost you in your family as well. But God has redeemed so many aspects of uh, of your life as a result. Share just a few of those with us. Well, I mean, I uh, I had a reckoning of of my family. You know, uh, I wish I could blame alcoholism for, you know, my debauchery and my, you know, right. uh, but my my own selfishness was. You always think that the grass is greener somewhere else, but that that leaving of my family, uh, I had a newborn that I walked away from. I was a uh, I was, I was a, not a faithful husband. I'd been married for you know thirteen years, and I was I was just not faithful. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my father in law's a pastor. I used to go to his church. Um, I, I've I've heard that that phrase my whole life. Sin will take you farther than you ever want to go, keep you longer than you ever want to stay, and cost you more than you ever want to pay. But I always believed. In my mind, not me. I, I can I can do what I want to do. I can accomplish what I want to accomplish. I can get what I want, and I'll be happy with that. Mm. That was that has always been kind of in my mentality. But I was also uh, a, quite a liar. You know, I I was able to be in the church for so long that I knew the language, but I didn't know the Savior. Wow. I didn't. I, I I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. Uh, I I I was 
I was lost within that community. But I, what it made me be is this double-minded guy. I could, I could, I could fit in there, but I could also fit in what I really, you know, when I went out on the road or when I went out uh, into uh, whatever situation. Uh, when I'd get away from that church bunch, I, I could freely be who I was, um, and that that was a bit of honesty. But but for the most part, I learned to lie in the church. Mm. I learned I learned to to be something there, but but not necessarily be uh, who I was. Uh, so it, it was only doing a disservice to myself, but it wrecked my marriage. You know, I got to a point where I. I, I had to make a stand for something. I was either going to stand there and just keep being who that that guy they wanted me to be, uh, or I was going to leave. And 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 I ended up leaving. And man, I'm telling you, that was a uh, that was the start of a miserable miserable journey. Yeah. Uh, them not being a part of my life, me not being a part of my son's life. I was kind of in the middle of. I, w- I was in my son's life for almost five years, but um, the 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 consequences of, of the decisions that I had made and what I thought was going to make me happy uh, were making me absolutely miserable. I was in going in financial ruin. Um, I was, uh, you know, involved in so many different uh, relationships and stuff, and diseased relationships with women and mm. um and i i just i i had a i had a downward spiral that i had it i needed peace i had to have some peace and um i was playing out on the road and and alcohol was just a, a commodity out there it was just on the rider and every day it became more and more of like this is working mm-hmm. uh, this is helping uh, I'm, I'm able to find some peace in this. And, um, and then I, I remember, I remember the day that I, uh, I was looking at my employer at the time and I was hung over and uh, we were all big drinkers out on this tour. And, and the guy looked at me and said, well, you know, here's the problem. You're, you're here, you're down here at this level. You need to be up here. And basically what he's telling me is, is you need to, you need to keep drinking. That'll make mm. you feel better. Anethicize yourself. Yeah. That was the uh, that was the beginning of my day drinking, oh. and uh, day drinking became all day drinking mm. eventually. And when you've got consequences and problems, and now you have an addiction to uh, to alcohol, and then the next step was for me was going to jail. I, I just I was drinking and driving. I was I was drinking all day. I was. I didn't realize that I was drunk all day, but I was drunk all day because I was drinking all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the consequences of, you know, uh, being arrested all the time, you know, and, and, and then I became the victim. Everybody's on my back. If y'all just leave me alone, cops won't leave me alone. And, you know, every time I get pulled over, I go to jail. Never wanted to take the consequences of that. It's like, well, you know, you, if you made some better decisions, you know, you wouldn't keep doing this, but I mean, that, that's what pride and selfishness and it was really, uh, it was really the, the best path, uh, in, uh, allowing me to realize who I was. Mm-hmm. 
because because uh, I'm I'm telling you, I just don't think a lot of people think that they're sinners. They don't know. They don't see it. In... I think a lot of people in the church they they've been in, indoctrinated with uh, you know the gospel and stuff, but they don't really know how to how deprived they are. They right. they think you know, especially a lot of you know, one one of the stories that I've I've uh, uh, you know that I've seen is my story has is impacted a lot of people within the church only because they have suffering kids now you know and but they've been indoctrinated within the church they've lived in the church their whole life and they they've lived pretty much a good life and even if you've been encompassed in the in the in the beauty of 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 the body of Christ man we're we're still all suffering with our with our own sinful nature you know and um we're, God, God's at work. But if if we have a an idea that we're okay, you know that we're okay, and that we you know we're just handling things. You know, we're just. I mean, I I see I see the porn addiction thing just being rampant in mm-hmm. the church, only because guys in the AA suffer with it as well, and so they talk about it. Mm-hmm. They talk about how that affects their marriage. There's nobody talking about that in the church. Nobody's talking about their sin. Mm-hmm. Well, I say that nobody. That's a, that's a broad term. I, I I I would like to see more of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I would like to see more. I would like to see more people reckoning with their depravity uh, within their faith, as opposed to just hiding behind the cross and and saying they're okay. Uh, that that has been my uh, my my re-entrance into the church is realizing that I, I've been approached more. Because of my transparency and, and and allowing my sin to be talked about, right, and that has allowed other people to feel safe. I I, I want the church to be a safe place. Listen, we're going to take another quick break. On the other side, I'd love for you to share the story of how God broke through in all of that and brought you to the reality that you're walking in today. Dennis Parker is my guest. I'll be back with Dennis in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Join host Mike Gilland for The Shepherd at Work every Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. You will be introduced to a marketplace leader that will help you learn to walk out your faith wherever you live and work. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community throughout our area. That's The Shepherd at Work, this Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. My guest today is Dennis Parker, Grammy Award-winning musician with Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder. Boy, you've told us a whole lot about your life. We know that there are a lot of people today who are hearing this, and they're relating to certain aspects of your story, even the part about church hurt. I mean, that's something that a lot of young people are deconstructing their faith. For you, Dennis, what was it that kind of in the middle of all of that squalor in your life, what was it that happened that brought the light of the gospel, the real light of the gospel to bear? I was in the midst of alcoholism. I was playing at a uh, a, a little coffee house. I was unemployable. I was, uh, I was not playing music on a professional level. I was kind of painting, uh, but I was unreliable at that. I was sleeping on people's couches. 
I eventually had a girlfriend that I was living with that I was just, she was an unbelievable enabler, not a person of faith. I was playing in a, uh, a coffee house. It was just so happened that these, this coffee house was run by a family of believers. I didn't know it, but I, I just happened to go there and I, they loved on me. They let me play there every Friday. They didn't preach to me. They didn't do anything. They just, I would go there and play on Friday, pray for tips. And the money that I made, I would I would drink it away in an mm. afternoon. Through that, uh, the guy that ran the coffee house, he was a, a worship leader at a church. He wanted me to come and play some instruments at his church on Bluegrass Sunday. And I'm like, I only had a guitar. I didn't have a banjo. I didn't have a fiddle. He wanted me to play banjo and fiddle there. And I'm like, if you can find a banjo and a fiddle, I'll play it. I don't care how much does it pay. And uh, he called this this girl, Cindy. And said, you know, I got this guy who used to play with Ricky Skaggs, and he's willing to come to the church and play, but he doesn't have a banjo and a fiddle. I want him to play that. And, and she's like, like he played with Ricky Skaggs, but he doesn't have a, and he plays banjo and fiddle, but he doesn't have one. I don't think that sounds right. Yeah, I'll bring <laughs> I'll bring a couple instruments there. Really, just kind of wanting to call my bluff. And uh, ended ended up I got there. She had the instruments. I played that day, but. For some reason or another, she was a musician, and, and uh, she, she'd she been in that area and wanted to play music, and she stuck up a friendship. Little did I know that, uh, you know, I mean, her her guitar player that was in her band was going to be off for uh, a summer, and she had these dates. Lo and behold, she became a friend to me. She just, I I spent hours in, the, in a car with her with my anti-God sentiment, and she would just tell me over and over. She says, well, you know, this is what I believe. Tell me about Jesus and tell me about, you know, what the scriptures say and that God had a plan for my life. And she said, I believe that God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. Long story short, I mean, uh, she was a friend to me for two years. Mm. Never preachy, took me to church at times, took me to a church that I used to take a backpack full of, I I had a bottle of vodka in the back of it. During altar call, I'd leave and I'd I'd level myself out. It was hard to get out of the house. I, I had to prepare for it. I had to take a bottle with me mm-hmm. because I was I was too addicted. So they, I, I got I got swarmed by people that loved me and uh, didn't didn't preach to me. They were just friends. But Cindy was the catalyst of that. I, I went to jail. I had I had warrants for my arrest. I had I had three warrants for my arrest at one time. A couple in Tennessee, one in Alabama. Finally, I, I had an accident in front of my friend Cindy's house. I was going over to see her. Went to jail that day. It was my last time in jail. It was my last instance in jail. And anyway, I called her on a jailhouse phone, and, and I was looking for bail money. And I, there was no way of me getting out. I, they had me dead to rights. I should have been incarcerated for a long, long time. I had some pretty hefty charges against me. But I remember on that on that phone, she told me, she said, Dennis, God loves you, and he has a plan for your life. What you need to do is get into a Bible. You need to let allow God draw near to you. And uh, I mean, it, it's amazing, man. Through the years, my mother used to quote scripture to me. Oh gosh, she used to quote scripture to me over and over again. It used to be so annoying, you know, to hear hear the word of God to somebody that just didn't want to hear it. And, but, you know, his word does not return void. That's right. It just doesn't. And, and I mean, after all those years, all that time that I spent in church and all those messages that I heard that I just discarded, Finally, finally, uh, it started making sense. Wow. It started uh, started making sense that uh, okay, God loves me. Well, how does He love me? 
oh man, uh, J- Jesus died on a cross. <sighs> wow. And then I found out that it was uh, because I had a need, and I didn't realize my need, and I didn't know what an idiot I was. I didn't know how unholy he was. I didn't know what a sinner I was. And then it just all struck me. I need that. Yes. It wasn't necessarily a prayer even. You know, I've heard in the Baptist church, you know, you pray this prayer, and then all of a sudden, mine was a coming to faith. Mine was a gradual coming to faith and all these pieces started coming together and then i found out that that god had provided it mm. and then all i have to do was believe it and so i started i don't know how because i know not believing i know how that feels mm-hmm. and that's miserable not believing but i know what it feels like now to believe and that was even given to me Everything has been given to me was not something I could have conjured up. It was a calling. It was a God's mercy and his grace reaching out to me in my need, realizing it, and then somehow mysteriously accepting it. And so, so now I stand on the side of faith. I don't understand all of it, I don't, I, but what I do understand is that Christ died. I uh, am a sinner, and that uh, that he rose, that victorious over death, and that I reap the benefits of his life, his his death, his burial, right. and his resurrection. And I stand in the righteousness of Christ. That's right. I don't. I don't find a. a I, uh, I, I. 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 It's. It's amazing to me. So when I go and worship, I know what a sinner I am, what I've been, and, and the recovery, and what he's recovered through his death, burial, and resurrection. Right. Only that I accepted it not in deeds. I can't earn it. I can't. Ex- I can't. I can't do anything to to uh, to say that I deserve it. That it was given to me, and uh, the awareness of it is only something that I have accepted in faith. That's right. And I believe it with everything that I have. I believe it. It comes through too, Dennis. And and this is, friends, if you're listening right now to Dennis's story and you find yourself relating to that, that desperation that was in his voice, and suddenly you realize that all the pieces are coming together, even things you didn't see before, now you realize God is reaching out to you because he loves and cares. It is important to then just surrender to him the way Dennis did. And that's exactly what you did. You surrendered to the Lord. I did in, in, in a, in a, in a unique way in a, in a jail house, you know, I mean, wow. people want to know my experience and my prayer. And what did you say? It's like, it happened all in my heart. Yeah, it happened. It was, a. Uh, it was a coming to faith. It was a like, oh my goodness! It started to make sense where it didn't never made sense before. It finally made sense to me. Uh, all that scripture and all that stuff that had been, all those seeds that had been sown in me since I was a kid, finally at you know at forty some years old, mm. <laughs> they just started reaping a, 
a bountiful harvest wow. in my heart. And uh, uh, love it. so, you know, in, in faith, I, 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 I always want to, I always want to praise him for the, the work that he's done in my life, but it's been a struggle inside yeah. of faith dealing with the repercussions and the consequences of my sin. I mean, when I, when I went with Ricky Skaggs, I mean, I, I've reaped a lot of benefits, and God has shown me a lot of mercy and a lot of grace. And I mean, and we're people that want the benefits; we don't necessarily want the work. And mm-hmm. uh, but I went into my relationship with Christ really as a child, not knowing. And I have seen God bless a child. Wow! Bless me not knowing. Bless me giving credit to something uh, that was God, to something else. Uh, I had a lot of warped theology. I had a warped ideas of, of belief, but the benefits of God, yes, his blessings were not based on my works yeah. and not by my mistakes. That's right. But it was, he started doing a work in my life and blessing me beyond belief wow. amidst my sin. And he started, you know, this is a work in progress. He's still working on me. I'm not, I'm not perfect and I make mistakes, but he, you know, I've seen through laying down of my sin and being transparent about my sin, talking about my sin, letting other people in on my sin, uh, being transparent about that, being vocal about my failure uh, you know, opening up about my uh, my past. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing that, I started seeing him open up opportunities for me to go back and reckon with my failure. One was with my family. One was with my son. I never thought that I would ever see my son again. But in a lot of cases, man, I kept a lot of that hit for mm-hmm. a lot of years because it made me look bad. You know, as a believer, it made me look bad. You know, you're talking about Jesus, and you're talking about a work that he's doing in your life, and you play with Ricky Skaggs, but yet I was a deadbeat father. I didn't make any contact with my son. I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to, and I didn't know how to reckon with it. And then I started opening up about my sin. And you get open about your sin in the church, and you start saying, you're looking at a deadbeat dad. You're looking at an adulterer. Man, you'll get some uncomfortable people in the church Mm -hmm. towards you. No doubt. You know, but it was the truth. It was the truth. And when I started getting open about that, mysteriously enough, <laughs> God started working on the other side of my problems. You wow. know, and, and I get to tell you that you have no idea what God's doing on the other side of your problem. That's and right. And it's okay to get on your knees. It's okay to get on your knees and say, God, I can't fix this. And him tell you. I know you can't. I know. I know you can't. I, 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 I've felt the the voice of His Spirit just really comfort me in some of the most trying times and the, some of the most loneliest of Christmas of of not being a part of your son's life. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, two years ago, I've been a believer for almost six years, and all of a sudden, my son reached out via a video and said, uh, on a video that I'd done of a hymn, a friend of mine. Had posted, uh, I I I forget even what the name of that hymn was, but my son found it and he said that guy would deny it, 
but that's my dad. Wow. And wow. that was my first instance of, well, there he is. Wow. There's your son. That's it. Well, how in the world are you going to reckon with it? And then I started, uh, my friend just, uh, he said, man, you know, he said, I've got his email. Do you, do you think that uh, this is Sam? And I'm like, it could be. And then come to find out it was. Wow. And it was a long, drawn-out process, almost a year of texting him, and he never would talk to me on the phone. But it was a long, drawn-out thing of finally one day uh, we were playing a uh, show with Ricky in Fort Payne, Alabama, and uh, he texted me because uh, he had my information. He had my phone number, and he said, would you like to meet? And then uh, wow. I said, yes. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, man, uh, that was a scary thing to go yeah. into a situation of all your sin and then in a place that, you know, and then I was like, what about your ex-wife? You know, what about Joanna? What about it was mama? And you hurt that woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I told him, I said, man, do you think your mom is coming? He said, no, I don't know. I'll ask her. Come to find out that day before the show, I met him in a park and. We all got together, and uh, I really saw what grace means. Wow. I had every right to go back to jail. I, that woman had every right to call the cops on me, past child support, you know, past, you know, mm-hmm. and, and scared that this guy is going to be a harm to his son. I mean, she had, a lot of, she had a lot of grace that she showed me that day, and what I saw was, oh, man, God was doing something there. Mm-hmm. And so the last couple of years, I've been able to have a relationship with her, a friendship with her. That's wonderful. Uh, a kinship with her, a, a, an alliance with her. She she speaks to my son on my behalf now mm. because she knows that Jesus has done an amazing work. work. In my life. It's not something that I'm trying to be fake about. Right. I'm really trying to be a father. I'm yeah. trying to be a friend. I'm just really trying to do the next right thing only because, it, you know, I know God can do it. Yeah. I can't do it, but he can do it. And all I have to do is surrender to him. Oh, my goodness. Apart. That's sorry. okay. I wish we were not out of time, but we are. And your story is amazing. Again, you're with Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder coming up at three dates, I believe, in February, right? Uh, yeah, we're playing in uh, playing Weirsdale at the uh, at the Opry. I, I don't the, man, I don't have my schedule out. I know we're playing a couple places in yeah. Florida. That yes, that, you are in in uh, the Lakeland area, and also in Jacksonville, and then or Weirsdale, Orange Park, Weirsdale, and then in Weirsdale. And friends, yeah. you got to check it out. We'll we'll put that out on our Facebook. And uh, Dennis Parker, it has been a joy to have you on the show, and I hope to have you back soon, okay? Yeah, buddy, love it. Thank you. I have so enjoyed the grace of God in your life, my friend. And friends, we thank you for joining us as well. We'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike.